Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Bob. I just wanted to take a quick moment. And um, first off, thank our regular listeners for checking in with us. I hope everybody's okay. Obviously, we really got hammered by this storm, primarily south of the greater Sarasota area, starting in Venice and then all the way down to Naples. And so I just wanted to encourage everyone, is there just one thing that you can do to help in the relief efforts? Bottled water, some canned goods, some dry goods, some clothing, I'm going to give you some organizations that you can reach out to and find out specifically what it is that they need where you can help in this relief effort. The first organization is the Community Foundation of Sarasota County. They can be reached at 941-955-3000. They're also located over there on Fruitville Road at 2635 Fruitville Road in Sarasota, Florida. Call them and see specifically what it is that they need and how they are working to help all these folks that really got hammered by the hurricane. Next organization is Gulf Coast Community Foundation. Uh, their headquarters are in Venice, 941-486-4600. Uh, if they're not open because they did, did get a lot of flooding down there, let's try the Sarasota location again for Gulf Coast Community Foundation, 941-777-1270. Call them and see what they need. Obviously, the Salvation Army is always looking for uh, donations and help in situations such as this. They actually have three locations. Sarasota is 941-364-5557. They're over there on Tuttle Avenue. The Venice location, and again, Venice has some flooding down there. I don't know if they're open. 941-484-6227. Northport really got hammered again with flooding. I don't know if they're open, but I'll give you their phone number anyways. 941-240-5108. The Salvation Army is always very helpful in situations like this. Obviously, the American Red Cross, the Sarasota County office can be found at 941-379-9300. And I know that everybody has a heck of a lot more on their mind right now than uh, simply listening to podcasts, but we are going to do our best to maintain our regular 
release of our episodes. We could not air last week. We didn't have any internet. So I, <laughs> I hope you'll forgive us for that. But uh, I think we're going to be back on task going forward, assuming that we don't have any interruptions in service. And today we have a great show lined up for you. And we just encourage you to continue to listen in. If we feel a need to update you on what's going on, we'll just continue to put these little blurbs in here before the episodes. If there's anything you would like for us to do, please reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, and we'll do our best again to help in this relief effort. Again, thank you so very much for being a part of our listening audience and on to today's show. The Humane Society of Sarasota County engages the hearts, hands, and minds of the community to help animals. This, of course, is their task in normal times, but what about when disaster hits, like the recent hurricane that devastated so many areas of Southern Florida? Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, where I try to find the most interesting people doing the most interesting work right here in the greater Sarasota area. I started this podcast because I wanted to meet new people, and then I thought, why not share what we talk about with folks just like you? To me, if you really want to understand the community you live in and appreciate all it has to offer, then listening to each other's stories is an absolute must. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you'll hear from artists and authors, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and many others share who they are, how they got into their line of work, and what they're excited about right now. I'm very pleased to welcome today Marketing Coordinator Alyssa Jackson of the Sarasota County Humane Society. In this episode, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about Alyssa, why she chose to work for the Humane Society, the services they provide in normal times, what has changed since Hurricane Ian hit, what their greatest needs are right now, and how people like you can get involved. Thank you for stopping by today. It is my hope that you will listen, learn, and connect. Alyssa Jackson, Marketing Coordinator for the Sarasota County Humane Society. Welcome to the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, you know, that's a big question whether you are or not, because we were talking before I hit record and you said, and you're like, how tired you are because of all the work that you guys are involved with right now with the hurricane has put a lot of pressure on you guys, on you all at the Humane Society. And I want to get into all that because as as my listeners know, we're doing a series of uh, special episodes on frontline organizations that are dealing with the recovery effort. And so I'm just really pleased that you take the time out to speak with me today. Happy to shed a light on animals who need it. You know, that's what we're all about. Well, that's great. That's great. But I never let my guests get away before I ask them, what is one fun thing that most people don't know about you? A fun thing that people don't know about me. Mine's kind of silly, but uh, it usually catches people by surprise is that I can ride a unicycle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's great that's great i like that I, I can honestly say i never had a desire to ride a unicycle <laughs> yeah it's just one of those weird things i can do it <laughs> oh that's great well that's great well i'm, I'm sure you you get a lot of uh, a lot of attention when you do that so do, do you ride it around on campus here at the humane society no i have uh i haven't brought it to the to the shelter but uh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, let's let's get a little bit of a uh, bit of your background. First off, are you native Sarasotan or did you come here? Born and raised. 
Oh, that's okay. So that's unusual because all of us Yankees keep coming down here and uh, spoiling. I think a good thing that you all had here when it was a little quieter. But uh, anyway, so well, so why did you choose to work for the Humane Society? So it's kind of funny, actually. It ended up being like a COVID fluke. I worked in real estate prior to what I do now, and um, when COVID happened, everything really came to a screeching halt with real estate, and people were really concerned about you know, having showings in their homes and doing other right. things. And I was, you know, looking for something else to do. And it just so happened that a marketing job popped up here. And I was like, what a what a fun job that you get to do marketing for animals. So I kind of just took the leap. Well, that's great. Well, so, so how long have you been with it then? A couple of years, right? It's been over two years now. Yep. It was two years in June. Well, so what surprised you? when you took the job? I mean, we all have certain ideas and conceptions about what an organization is like. And of course, the Humane Society has been around for forever. But what kind of surprised you once you really uh, started working for them? Uh, I would say the biggest surprise is people have this misconception about shelters, about they're like such a depressing place and all these animals and and it's actually a lot of fun. And we have so many volunteers that lend their time and staff that just, I mean, they pour their hearts into this job. Right. And the animals here are really well loved, even though they don't have families. Right, right. So I, so I, you, you work directly with the public or since you do, um, you know, marketing and whatnot, are you behind a, behind a computer a lot? Uh, a lot of both, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what do you do with uh, regards to marketing? How do you get the word out? I do pretty much every aspect of marketing in this place, whether it's our digital marketing, social media, our website, um, any type of online presence we have. I handle that as well as our print items. So I design things. I will have, you know, all of our stuff printed, whether we're in the newspaper or we're um, you know, meeting with the different news outlets and stuff and covering stories. It's just, uh, I do a little bit of everything here. <laughs> wow. So I would think if you're having a bad day, one of, one of the best things you do is just go in and play with the animals for a while. Yeah. I think about that a lot where it's like, you know, if I want a kitten at my desk, just crawl around on my keyboard. Like I can do that any day of the week. Not everyone gets to do that. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's funny. My kids went to a school where they would bring their pets in. And I remember going over the, in one of the classrooms one day, this was in, I guess they were in grade school or high, I can't remember grade school or high school. And they had rabbits, you know, hopping around in the classroom. And I'm like, well, my goodness, things have changed since I went to school. Yeah. You know, gotta have fun. Yeah, I would think so. I think so. Well, tell us a little bit about the humane society in general. Cause again, as again, for our listeners, I do want to get into the hurricane response, but Tell us exactly what the Humane Society does. Yeah, so um, I always like to tell people, first and foremost, is that we're actually not affiliated with any other Humane Society. Every Humane Society is a separate entity of itself. Uh, we're a 501c3 nonprofit organization uh, dedicated to help dogs and cats in the Sarasota community. We just celebrated our 70th birthday here. We have oh been... Yeah, we've been in Sarasota. We're the oldest nonprofit animal organization in Sarasota, actually. And um, yeah, we've been in the community in the same spot on 15th Street for 70 years now. Uh, we just recently completed a huge renovation of our shelter. It's a beautiful facility now. 
Uh, we adopt out dogs and cats. Our goal is to do 2,100 this year is to find homes for, you know, that many dogs and cats. We offer pet therapy to the community. We certify pet therapy teams that go out into, you know, see schools, nursing homes, all types of places. We have public obedience courses so people can come in and have their dogs trained. We have a public pet food pantry, which is paramount right now for people in need. So if people maybe have fallen on hard times and need to get pet food or supplies, we have that available to people. Um, and just, I mean, we really try and be as much as a resource to the community for pets and people in our community. Yeah, yeah, yeah I bet. So, so have you gone on any of the senior, gone to any of the uh, senior homes there with the pets? Because I, I saw yeah, that on you, I saw that on YouTube, and I just thought it was so cool to be able to take cats and dogs in there, and uh, you know some of the folks that are kind of shut in or at the uh, retirement community there. I, th- I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, I haven't been personally, but uh, yeah, our pet therapy teams are so you know independent that they just they go and they know who they want to help. They know what they want to do. They they go where they're where they're called. We've uh, had quite a few that have been um, at the hospital, Sarasota Memorial Hospital recently. Right. So they have a rotation there, but yeah, it's really neat. I think that surprises people when they hear that we do that. Well, so if you receive, I don't know if you, if you have, you know, a Jack Russell Terrier that comes to your, your doorsteps, what happens at that point? I, I would say it depends on how they come in. So sometimes we will get transports from other shelters that maybe they are at a point where they have no more kennel space and so they don't have to make hard choices. We'll pull as many animals as we can from their shelter because we are a no-kill facility, right. uh, meaning we don't ever euthanize for space or time here. Animals have as long as they need to get adopted. Um, or sometimes people fall in hard times and they have to rehome their pet, so they'll reach out to us for help. So uh, either way, when they come in, they will receive a full medical checkup from our vet on staff. And then depending on their needs, they might be set up with a behavior consultation among our staff members where they'll have, you know, dedicated people to work with them on their challenges. We can find them the best one possible. Um, Or they just, you know, they get loved on by our volunteers and our staff until someone walks the door and sees them and knows that that's their forever pet. That's really cool. So in other words, you can have some pets coming in that need more socialization and you guys work with them. Yeah, absolutely. That's neat. So what does the physical look like for these pets? I'm, I'm sure it's very thorough. Yep. So uh, it is, you know, they get a look looked over by the vet uh, checking. Because sometimes we have vets or pets that will come in and they have like embedded collars, which is really sad. So we just have to make sure that um, externally they look okay. You know, is right. there anything going on with their skin that we need to look at? Uh, then they'll go through all sorts of tests and things to make sure that they're healthy, you know, make sure they don't have distemper and um your CERD, or it's formerly known as URI, upper respiratory infections and things. Right. Uh, so we just want to make sure that they're pretty healthy. So they undergo the the normal tests that dogs usually get when they go to the vet, uh, like a private vet, and uh, they get vaccinated, make sure that they're microchipped. Uh, everyone gets spayed and neutered before they leave. But uh, yeah. What I was surprised to find out is that the Humane Society has not received any government grants or funding, that it's all private donations. We are entirely funded by our generous community here in Sarasota. That's incredible. That's incredible, particularly when I look at the um, 
the new facilities that you have there. I mean, that, that's just incredible that you all have been able to raise that type of money, get that, that, that level of support. Is that unusual to your knowledge from different locations? I mean, you know, I don't know if, you know, if there's a humane society in say Michigan or Arizona, I mean, w- might they get uh, government support or I, I, I guess, are you really... guys different? Are you guys different? I guess. So I think the, the correct way to answer that would be that everyone is different. Uh, mm-hmm. So it really just depends on that humane society. Cause it's just a name, you know, that everyone uses, but uh, it really just depends on that particular shelter in general. But um, I would say that we're fortunate that we live in such an affluent area yes. that cares about pets. So I, I think that's a huge contributor on why uh, we're able to do the things that we do is because, you know, there's a lot of people in this community who are well off and they care. Talk a little bit about the adoption process. So somebody, well, just right from the very beginning, somebody is going to listen to this episode and they're saying, you know, Frank or Susan, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let, let's adopt a puppy or let's, let's, you know, I've been thinking of getting a cat. Let's call the Humane Society and what, see what they have. How, how, take us through the process. So I'd say a lot of people will usually start that journey online. Yeah. Uh, they visit our website at hssc.org. Yep. Our adoption pages are real time. So our systems are linked up to show every animal that's available for adoption um, as they become available. So they can see exactly, you know, who's going to be on the adoption floor when they walk in um, right from their home. So I think that helps. And the, you can see all the photos and read a bio about them that was written up. Um, that are we have people that walk in and they say, you know, I just want to look around and see, you know, who speaks to me and, you know, in that kind of way. So they walk in and they go back to the either the cat wing or the dog kennels and they look around and we have our adoption counselors who, you know, once they like, OK, this one has piqued my interest. Uh, let me meet this mm-hmm. one. They'll go into one of the viewing rooms and um, they'll sit down and kind of just have like a, an adoption consultation with staff uh, to talk about, you know, the pet and kind of what they're looking for out of a pet and things like that. And hopefully try and make a match. And you leave that same day with a pet. If that's what you're interested in, you can adopt the same day. Uh, We try and have open adoption policies because the only thing we want for these pets is just a loving home. So we're not going to make people jump through hoops to to do that. Right. Right. It's it's not like some breeders where, you, you know, basically the buyer, has to kind of give uh, all their entire background. The buyer can actually reject the, um, excuse me, the breeder can actually reject the buyer then. I mean, you guys typically don't reject people that are interested in the pet? No, I mean, if there's uh, obvious concerns about a pet's safety and well-being, you know, we will uh, address that. But, you know, for the most part, people... People don't walk into a shelter, I would say, to with bad intentions. Right. Of course. Of course. So so now, do you provide services that, you know, let, let's say that I have, I don't know, a Great Dane or, a you know, you know, Jack Russell or something of that nature. Could I actually bring them in and you provide like veterinary services on site or no? So not at the shelter. We do have a public animal clinic that's right down the road. Cool. Uh, that it's open to people. We have recently changed our offerings that we offer to the public. So we are more of a wellness clinic for people. Yep. Uh, very affordable. So that way people can get the basic care that every pet needs, whether that's your vaccines or just your general wellness exams um, and things like that. 
You mentioned a little bit earlier about the food service that you provide. Talk a little bit more about that. Is that for people, and particularly now with the hurricane, where people either cannot get uh, you know pet food for their cats and dogs? Uh, how are you involved with with uh, with pet food? So we have a pet food pantry that uh-huh. is open to the general public. Uh, I would say prior to the hurricane, it was um, for people that were on income assistance type things. Right. But we have since waived that. Anyone who needs pet food or pet supplies, because we do have you know people donate leashes and collars and things or uh, carriers, whatever it is, uh, we want to be here to help. So any day that we're open, people are more than welcome to come in and just tell us what they need and we'll send them right out the door with that. Right. Well, that's a wonderful service, obviously, right now to provide. And before we talk more about how the hurricane has changed things, you know, share with our listeners about volunteers. How many volunteers do you have as compared to staff? And and what does that look like if somebody wants to, I don't know, be a, you know, foster an animal or, or volunteer on site? What does that look like? That is a fantastic question. So, uh, Volunteers are the lifeblood of our organization. We could not do what we do without our volunteers because it really does take an army to run this place. And there would be no way to just staff it, you know, without volunteers. So we have uh, typically it's like you're either a dog volunteer or a cat volunteer. They seem to really pick their sides, but we love them equally. I'm a dog guy. I'm a dog guy. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) We won't hold it against you. (laughs) But our, uh, our cat volunteers, for instance, they'll come in, uh, they, they sign in, and they've already I'll, – I'll walk you through like kind of A to Z. So if you, sure. do wanna, if you are interested in volunteering, you would sign up. You would have a call with our volunteer coordinator, who's awesome, and she would essentially set you up with a date where you could have some one-on-one time with staff where they can really show you the ropes so you have a really good understanding of what it is that we need, uh, safety and training for handling animals, especially in a shelter environment, because it is a little bit different. Uh, So we do that so people feel comfortable and they feel informed. And then, so like you come in for your first day and you're on your own, cat volunteers tend to socialize our our scaredy cats. So they'll spend time with them and just, yeah. And uh, really try and help them come out of their shell because cats can struggle to adapt in a shelter environment. And our dog volunteers... Yeah, our dog volunteers will come in and they will typically walk dogs or depending on what their skill set is, they'll help train certain dogs that maybe need a little bit of extra help. Um, We do have volunteers that come in, they help make enrichment treats. They will come in and help clean. We have volunteers that help at the front desk. Uh, We have volunteers that will match make for us. So they, all they would do is they come in and they help make matches with families so they, uh, you know, help with the adoption counseling process. There's really a, a, a ton of opportunities for wow. volunteering here. And then fostering, um, same thing, apply on the website. We look at your application and see what, you know, how you, what's going on in your home, who might be a good fit. And then um, our foster coordinator will give you a call and just say, you know, these are the pets that really need foster. And it seemed like you were a good fit for, you know, A, B, and C. So, and then we just try and set that up and. Uh, we get really good feedback from people. Maybe we have an animal that's really struggling in the shelter, but our foster is like, wow, this dog is great in a home environment. So then we know it's just like, you know, like, though this is just shelter behavior. And once this dog ends up in a home, it'll be fine. But uh, 
sometimes our fosters are just great for allowing animals to have a break outside of the shelter. Right, right. Well, so Hurricane Ian hit, what was it, last Wednesday? And it feels also, like a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I bet it does, particularly for you all that are, on, again, on the front lines. Uh, so it hit last Wednesday, so we're about 10 days removed. What happened to the Humane Society when, well, first of all, did you sustain any damage? We sustained minimal damage. We yeah. have a covered yard area that has a giant sail shade over a couple of yards that uh, was ripped to shreds. Yeah. So, I mean, not traumatic or anything, but we had tons of, de- you know, just storm debris sure. everywhere. But other than that, no, we came out relatively unscathed. Sure. It was, it was really Southern County that really got hammered. It would make mm-hmm. sense that those, uh, those shades would you know, act like sails be grabbed by the wind and, and, and taken away and whatnot. But, but, um, so when the hurricane hit, how has that, how's that changed your normal operations? Cause I mean, obviously organizations like yours, you see the hurricane coming, you start talking about, okay, what is this going to mean for us? And then there's the reality because you don't know how bad it's going to be or whether you're going to miss, but How's that cha- changed uh, what you all are doing right now in order to respond to the demand on your resources? Yeah. So initially, um, you know, there's always the question of do you evacuate your animals? And since we have a new facility, we're rated for a Category 5 hurricane. So we felt pretty confident that, you know, our animal population here would be safe. So we did send um, as mi- I think we sent we sent over 100 animals out to foster, though, just because it we needed, we had staff that stayed on site for the duration of the storm. They were here for 24 hours, oh, wow. you know, for a couple of days. And uh, so we tried to lessen our population and to make it more manageable for the skeleton crew of staff that we had at the time. But um, so getting animals out of the shelter, especially animals that we know would struggle during a stressful time like that and could really use the home environment. So that was the first step for us. Right. Uh, the second step was... Okay, the the clouds are, you know, clearing out. We kind of look around and we're like, okay, we're in good shape. So then who needs our help? And then the, the phone did not stop ringing. <laughs> oh, but uh, we essentially turned into a little bit of like a transport hub for other shelters in the south. Not even just the south, but across the state who were affected by the storm. Really? And needed to... Yeah. Yeah, get animals um, out of their shelters as quickly as possible. Well, so, so I mean, is the volume of animals that you have adopted now skyrocketed or? No. So what that kind of looks like is, I mean, yes, we it, it did help. It boosted it a little bit. But uh, most of those animals did not end up in our adoptable population. Okay. We immediately, with the help of Naples Humane Society, who helped coordinate quite a bit of this effort, um, we got those animals out of state. So to other shelters that, you know, up north who were not affected by anything at all, they it really does take a community to do that kind of work. Because, I'll bet. I'll bet it does. Yeah. So it was it was a huge coordinating effort of that. We. um Sorry, I was just trying to like remember all the places that did this. No, that's but... okay. That's okay. I mean, what do you do? You, do, you, do you like do you like load them up in like vans and? Yeah, you know, vans you... driving across the state, and then you put oh, them wow. on planes and fly them out. Oh my goodness! I had no idea. Wow. Yeah. So there was quite a few flights that went out, but 
uh, we had our team that was just driving across the state constantly, just pulling animals from the shelter and then driving them over to the shelter so they could get on planes to go to this state and then this state. Right. Oh my goodness. I bet that was, I bet that is. So, so what do what are your expectations then going forward? Because, you know, for us that weren't impacted that much, like where I'm located in Osprey, I had a little bit of debris in my home and whatnot, but uh, not that much damage at all. And so of course I'm ready to get back to normality, but mm-hmm. you're in a business where this is going to drag on for, you know, weeks and months ahead. So, I mean, what, what are what are you anticipating? I think for right now, um, luckily, as of Friday last week, it really seemed like um, we we helped the immediate need. So we helped move over 200 animals, you know, out of state, or you know, just to different shelters that were not affected to get animals to safety. So right. uh, luckily, the the immediate need has been met. And now we're kind of taking a breath and like looking around. All right. So now what's next with the animals are out of harm's way uh, from shelters where their roofs were caved in. You know, they sustained water damage or they didn't have water. They didn't have electricity, those kind of things. So now we're looking at basically the, uh, there's going to be shelters that people in affected areas where people may have lost their homes and now they can't have a pet. So are there going to be animal services, county shelters that are going to have an influx of animals that they need our help to, you know, create kennel space for these animals? So it'll be another another game of shuffling. Right. But, uh, yeah, you, you move animals around so they have a chance. Oh, I bet you do. I bet. So so you touched upon a little bit about what your needs are. What are your greatest needs right now? Our greatest needs and. I would say even out of Hurricane Ian type, you know, chaos, we always, always need volunteers and we always need fosters. Uh, they really allow us to expand the the borders of our shelter. So right. if we have, you know, 100 plus kennels, but we have 300 fosters, I mean, that really helps us expand our reach. If we can get animals into foster homes, or there's really, we can help an unlimited amount of animals and fosters to help care for these animals we the sky's the limit really well uh, well i i you have my heartfelt uh sympathies because i know it's going to be a um going to be quite the uh, task going forward to get these animals placed and uh i i'm just again we're just trying to do our best to get the message out to the community here to get folks to, to volunteer and to donate what i have right now is uh, before me is your website which is, is obviously h ssc.org humane society sarasota county you're down on 15th street your phone number is 941-955-4131 and there's a couple different uh emails that you have there for adoption it's adopt at hssc.org and just general inquiries at info at hssc.org so we're going to go, Alyssa, I know you got a lot on your agenda. I'm going to let you go here, but is there anything else that um, you can leave us with uh, before we say goodbye? Yeah, absolutely. I want to um, pretty much thank everyone that really people came out in droves to help. I mean, we had people drive down with supplies from Tampa. We had people wow. that drove down with supplies from Pennsylvania. 
And they, you know, they're like, we, we saw your name on the internet somewhere as a place that was helping and, you know, please make use of these donations. So it's, it's been a really heartfelt, I mean, as hard as it's been, it's been really heartfelt to see the outpouring of support, not only just in our community, but across the country. So, um, it really gives you hope. There's a lot of people out there that want to help people want to help animals. So that's great. uh, If you want to be a part of that, we're, we're here to welcome you. Uh, yeah, please volunteer, please foster. If you can't give your time and you know, you want to check out our wish list, we're just, we're so grateful. So we just, we want to help the animals that can't help themselves. Yeah, that's great. I, I think how a society takes care of its animals says a lot about that society. So it sounds like people are really responding. Well, Lisa yeah. Jackson, marketing coordinator, Sarasota County Humane Society. Thank you for being on the show today. We appreciate you taking the time and and you you try and get a little extra rest, maybe some extra vitamin C as you go forward. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. All righty. Thank you so much. And everybody, thank you for listening in today. We certainly appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.